Welcome to the Autism and Neurodiversity Podcast. We're here to bring you helpful information from leading experts and give you effective tools and support. I'm Jason Grigla, a licensed counselor and founder of Techie for Life, a specialized mentoring program for neurodiverse young adults. And I'm Debbie Grigla, a certified life coach. And maybe most importantly, we're also parents to our own atypical young adults. Friends, hello, welcome. So my mother-in-law loves to tell the story, and this happened many, many years ago. She was in the kitchen making dinner, and she got a call from her neighbor, very distraught. And her neighbor says, Carolyn, Carolyn, you're not going to believe this, but Glenn, he's up on top of the light pole. You've got to go out there. And so Carolyn's like, what? What's going on? So she goes outside, and sure enough, my father-in-law, Glenn, had climbed up the light pole, and he was up at the top of the, the street lamp, the, the street light pole. And she's like, what are you doing up there? And their kids and, and the neighbor kids, they were wanting to climb the light pole, and they were trying to do it. And he saw that, and he realized they're probably going to do it anyway. I'm going to show them how to do it so that they can do it safely. And so he was showing him how to like be able to have grip on their feet and how you hold the pole and how you shimmy up and was teaching them the proper way to do it. Now, I know a lot of you would maybe freak out with that or wouldn't know how to even do that. I don't know that I would know how to teach the kids to do that. But I love this story because it it's one of the things that I love about my father-in-law in that he wants to teach his kids how to do things and how to do them safely. Instead of discouraging them, he's going to show them and guide them in it. And there's a real principle in that that I, I want to dive into that they can make a big difference in how we connect and collaborate with our kids. Because I think we all want our kids to be successful and to develop and to be happy and have a sense of well-being. And many times in your efforts to help your kids you're actually blocking them from the very thing that you want to give them. And it can be super frustrating to get the very opposite thing that you're trying to achieve. And so I want to dig into this a little bit. And you you can imagine whatever the thing might be. So imagine, you know, Glenn going out there and seeing the kids trying to climb the light pole. And it's really tall, like it could be very dangerous. And you know, if he had just said, no, that's not okay, don't do that, they might have protested or argued, and he, you know, you could get into this power struggle around it, and maybe they say, okay, we won't, and then of course he leaves, and then they go do it behind his back. I mean, who knows what goes on with that? And I think it can be, you could substitute that for any situation, like if you have a kid that's hitting, or a kid that just won't get off screens and just wants to game, 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 or maybe you have a young adult that just quits up and quits the job because he doesn't like it. And when we say no and we overrule and then we just shut off conversation, we shut off connection. We shut off an opportunity to maybe teach or guide or actually build relationship. And in this scenario with my father-in-law, he saw what they were trying to do and he's like, yes, and let me show you how to do this safely. Or it could have been, yes, I can see you want to climb this pole and Maybe we can find something different to climb that would be safer or 
you know, maybe a tree that's maybe not as high and you won't fall because maybe you don't know how to teach them how to do it safely. But you talk to them and you work with them and figure out ways, you know, what would happen if you fell off this? And it could be really dangerous. We could break a leg. And But, but saying yes to the desire or the need that they have for something interesting or different or, or whatever they're getting out of climbing the light pole or whatever the activity might be. Yes, I can see you on a game. And, you know, there's other things in life. And how can we work together to be able to get gaming time, but also take care of the other things or whatever the conversation you might have. But that, but being able to say yes and enter into a collaboration with your kids feels so good. And it actually teaches something and can, and it's a way for us to be able to mentor them in a positive direction. But the obstacle that we bump into in this really is when we say no, or we say no, but right. Like, no, you can't do that. And they say, well, I want to. Yeah. But, and we, we take over, we go, we enter into like a defensive posture or we go into a power struggle. And when we're saying no, it's usually reaction from our lower brain nervous system threat response, like, oh no, danger or no, oh no, this isn't good. And we want to say no to be protective. And that's actually undermining our real goals. Because when you go into fight mode, when you start dismissing them or denying the desires and and wants that they have, when you try to control or take over or even do it from anger, you're going to cut off connection. You're going to make your relationship have more friction. And the same would be if you did a flight response, like, oh no, I can't even look at that, or I can't deal with it, or I'm going to avoid it, or pretend they're not actually climbing the pole, right? Or maybe it's a freeze up and you're like fretting, oh no, this is terrible. And why do our kids do these things? And Or maybe it's a people pleasing, oh yeah, go ahead. You can, you can climb that pole, but you don't give them any guidance. You don't help them do it safely. Like we're not parenting from a great place when we're in this fight or flight kind of triggered response. So I want to encourage you to lean into yes. Not necessarily yes, that they're going to go climb the pole if that's not okay. In Glenn's case, he was fine with it and he showed him how. But a yes of yes, let me connect to what you're wanting. Let me connect to your desires. And let me add to that. Let me add some perspective or some guidance or help you think this through, right? And what that does is it it helps them feel seen, helps them feel heard. It's validating the emotional experience they're having. There's exciting things about climbing a pole. Can we do it? It's a challenge, right? And in whatever your child's behavior that they're doing, there, there's something in it that emotionally they're connecting to. And so we want to connect to that. We want to say yes to their emotional experience, yes to their desires and open up to it. And when in that opening up process, you actually open up some real developmental opportunities and opportunities to build that relationship of influence that we, that we so often talk about, where you can explore, you can brainstorm, you can problem solve, and you come together in it. This is especially, this is amazing for everyone, but it's especially valuable for autistic and neurodivergent young people. They don't all often make the same connections that a neurotypical child might just automatically make. They might do things more impulsively, 
or they might do things from a triggered nervous system. You know, the kid that's on his screen all day long gaming, that could be a nervous system threat response. They need us to come in and be with them, to open up to their experience, to open up to why they're doing what they're doing, and then be collaborative with them in being healthy with it, problem solving, doing it safely, finding balance. They need us to do it with them. Just telling it at them or lecturing them, a lot of times there's a disconnect and they're not going to get it. They might have a processing issue and be able to kind of hear what you're saying, but then they're not able to apply it. And when we do it with them and model it and interact and do it in a way that's collaborative, it gives them that opportunity to practice and develop problem-solving skills, being able to push that pause button and think through what they're about to do. You know, maybe climbing up to that isn't the wisest thing, especially if you don't know how to get down. When you're with them in it, you can also be able to see where they might be missing something and you can point it out or guide them. And if you're thinking, oh yeah, well, I try to collaborate with my my child or my teen or my young adult and they won't have it. They won't do it. Then I want to offer to you that you've got some work to do. And you have to back it up a step and actually work on just creating lots and lots of safety in your relationship. You've got to be a safe place. You've got to be someone that's emotionally regulated and be able to come in non-emotionally triggered into your interactions with your young person. And if you come in and build safety, then opportunities will open up for them to feel safe enough to want to collaborate with you. But if you have a history of yelling or controlling or being totally hands-off and not even guiding or directing, but just letting them do what they do, it's going to take some time to create safety and to be a part of that so that you can open up collaborative opportunities. They're not going to want to collaborate if they've had a lot of negative experiences with you. So I always encourage parents that and coach parents on this, that if if the relationship is really broken down, we got to build safety. And that can take some time. And you can have a good relationship and then do something that jeopardizes that that safety, you know, get reactive or emotional in a moment. And it, then it, you go back to, okay, I got to create safety again. It might take some time before they trust me enough to want to to be in relationship with me and not be afraid of how I might be in that relationship. So I encourage you to, to notice and start start looking for if there's ways that you're saying no, and then how to shift that into a yes. Not that, yes, you can do whatever you want, but yes, let, like, let me open up to your experience and let's collaborate. And if you really have trouble with your young person, maybe practice on other relationships with friends or other family, maybe your spouse or partner, and practice saying yes and instead of no and going into fight mode or lecture or disagree or oppositional, but see if there's ways that, that you can start opening up to say yes I, I find that when I say yes in my interactions, it's really fun to see where it goes. But my initial reaction is a tendency to say no. So it's practicing saying, yeah, and let's take a look at this. Or yeah, and have you thought about this? Meeting them where they are at. Hope this helps. Give it a try. And I hope you have an amazing week. Take care. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Autism and Neurodiversity with Jason and Debbie. If you want to learn more about our work, come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-B-B-I-E.com. com.